Hey guys, so we're continuing on um, on this episode, talking a little bit about Myrna and I's experience of dieting over the last sort of 12 weeks, um, starting from just early January right through to now, which is um, early April. Um, so over 12 weeks of dieting. We chatted in the last episode a little bit about the idea of tracking your progress, what have been our main markers yeah. of progress in that time and um, so things like <clears throat> waist measurements progress photos and um, like how where your belt sits all that all those kind of things and we just talked a little bit about um how we approach the planning of it as well in terms of leaving ourselves enough time um obviously something we emphasize as well so that we can still have flexibility um, and mentioning about you know obviously if you if you want to get things done in a shorter time frame then hey you're gonna have to do things more intensely and that might, means missing out on more so now we're going to talk a little bit about very much the experiential aspect of this in terms of like how did we structure um the diet like how do we approach it um in terms of like the overall structures of a diet what things did you put in place so that you could stick to it um or they'd be more consistent and then and then secondly following on from that how we were feeling throughout the diet as well because yeah, this point, is yeah. this is something i don't think's talked about any near enough is that it's hard dieting at times really difficult <laughs> like you you know for me and, and we're going to talk about this lately i found that my hunger levels were much less of an issue than my energy levels yeah far less of an issue this time around whereas i've certainly dieted before and it's been the other way around where i mean i could have chewed the wooden leg off a table um and still been hungry afterwards Whereas, you know, it was more of an energy thing and, and each person's experience is going to be different. But hopefully when we're talking between me and Murdo, we can um, kind of give you a bit of expectations as well. And when those things maybe kicked in for us a little yeah. bit as well, because it's not all equal. Week one is not exactly like week 12 is. Um, and we want to touch on that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off by kind of running through almost like Murdo's diet in terms of how you approach the structure of it and then I'm going to go into the sort of like a, the sort of feeling of it and the challenges he had within so do you want to talk a little bit about the things you put in place um, to make sure that you like adhere to your diet that you're getting enough protein what were your routines like what did yeah. a normal day look like I think kind of first off the bat structure wise like just to kind of bring it right back down to basics like as we would with every client again like I can just copy and paste that into my own set up where I kind of worked out my kind of daily calories what I feel like I would need with you know doing sessions my step goals all that kind of stuff I'm getting at the moment so I was setting myself kind of in inverted commas like quite an aggressive kind of fat loss phase to start because one I knew that my motivation would be highest at the start as it is with most people two I knew that I have you know a bit of fat loss a bit of fat sorry to lose so if I kind of attack the fat loss quite aggressively to start with you can then kind of save yourself that stress of getting to week 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 eight sorry and being like oh shit like <laughs> still got to lose so that's where I kind of started with I was sitting about 2200 calories to begin with and then I would get that into my fitness pal and tracking from there I had a lot of kind of just steps I'd look to aim at where I would have like a weekly food shop try and prep some meals I wasn't a very religious like must have like lunches and dinners lunches and dinners lunches and dinners all the time I'd normally just see what my weekends were like if I was in Edinburgh I'd be able to prep if I was in Carlisle I probably wouldn't so what I'd do is I'd prep just a big bulk thing of meals I wouldn't really have much of a kind of too much of a plan with this but I kind of know myself which meals are quite high in protein so I would normally just start by getting like 5% mince like throwing that in a big pot just making spaghetti bolognese you know simple things like that can be really helpful for me where I have meals ready I don't come in and be like right I'm just gonna again rummage the fridge grab pizza grab a ready meal that might be a bit higher calories had that planned um, 
and then also with kind of breakfasts and lunches I would have breakfast before I went out for a morning session if on small group I would have a weekend of snack after that and then I'd normally walk home and have lunch these would all be meals where I would try and get a big bit of protein within each one again super simple steps that we always encourage the clients but if you're getting your protein in in each meal not only does it help you not feel as hungry but it'll just help you get your kind of strength goals up as well within that so that was super useful to have um and i feel like those are very simple steps to begin with but the ones that i wanted to just start off my first couple of weeks with if that kind of answered the question but i wanted to make sure i was getting my protein in to begin with not let that suffer from cutting calories and also just stick to that kind of aggressive um target to start with because mm-hmm. the two main things in the first couple of weeks so um out of interest because no people are often curious and these are the type of questions we get you said about your calorie target um did you have a protein target so i would aim for roughly kind of 150 to 160 grams of protein per day mm-hmm. and that would be just a very loose um target i would try some days would be over some days would be under but that'd be kind of my averaged out sort of protein amount basing that off my kind of weight being roughly 80 calories it, gosh 80 calories gosh. Monday Monday brain coming in here 80 kilos sorry I'll be wanting to get about you know 1.4 to 1.6 grams of protein per kilogram of my body weight in as my daily kind of target for that yeah and then and this is probably another one we get because we often get people asking you know what should I have for protein if you were to pick like the three things in the last 12 weeks that have given you the most protein like what are your biggest protein sources Ooh. on average you have to pick um, only three three I would say hex sausages are up there for sure. That was pretty much Strong like choice. that was like lunches sorted super quick, super easy, um, and very convenient to have. Like you can have them in thins, bagels, everything. Um, I would then say skier yogurts, or I've been kind of sorry to upset Cameron, but kind of leaning towards Kavarg a bit more. I, Those I, the Kavargs, I've got some Kavargs so as good. well. Yeah, and this is still in this kind of same second bracket, but also. Um, no idea how to pronounce this one, don't think anyone does, but the Faz yogurts with the wee honey pots at the side, yeah. I don't know if you've seen those, they're, they're kind of second choice of high protein yogurts and they're kind of like my snack side of things that I'd have for snacks. And then with, let's just go for one for dinners, I'd probably say 5% mints as well. It sounds so simple, but having that change where you don't grab the 15% or the higher fat one, you can just save so many easy calories within mm-hmm. that. And I'd say that's the main thing where, as I said in the, in the kind of previous part there, I would just try and make sure my meals were bulked up a lot with protein to begin with um mm-hmm. so hex sausages kind of ski on kavarg yogurts and then five percent mints i'd say the kind of three things are rotated around most frequently week to week yeah so it just gives you a bit of an idea to kind of start with like we've chatted about obviously a bit more in the previous episode about some other stuff but in terms of like the structure so murder set out with a goal of 2200 calories the goal was to lose a fair bit of like fat in the first couple of weeks um, for a bit of context, your average step count is what, 20? Oh, it's stupid. It's like 20, 25,000. Yeah, so Mur- Murder walks quite far, not that far, but to the gym. So it means that his step count, and obviously our jobs are active. Like I live very close to the gym, so like I will hit 10 to 12K pretty consistently. Like I can hit 10K easily, 12K like really comfortably yeah. most days as well. Um, you know, like today's kind of lunchtime, I've hit 6,000 steps already because it's a coaching day. Um, so I'll probably hit, you know, 15 today, more likely than I th- not. I think that's something as well that's quite important to look at. Like when we go on with our, we'll chat about this in the kind of later part of the episode, but when we go into our later weeks, like we have to be really be aware of that and how it can almost like not negatively impact us, but just 
tweaking that a wee yeah. touch. So it is a bonus to start with for sure, but equally we have to manage that. As yeah, hundred percent. And, and this is something we'll touch on is like this idea of not going too low with your calories when you don't need to, which is, we'll touch on. But yeah, so it gives you a bit of an idea of the protein intake Murdo's setting at, a little bit about the structure of some of his meals, where he's getting some of that protein from, his calorie target, and roughly what his step count is. So you can tell obviously pretty activity where you were activity wise. And um, something I want to touch on actually before we go any further than that, because it is irrelevant, is um what's what's training looked like over the last 12 weeks? Because that's not something we'll need to go into loads of detail from, because something we'll talk about is your training doesn't necessarily need to change. Yeah. When we're talking about in the gym, generally does not need to change hugely when you're dieting. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> that this video pops into my head of the the guy it's like sometimes maybe good sometimes maybe shit and that like i think explains it quite nicely with training within that block where again the first few weeks like let's just say like weeks one to four motivation was super high diet fatigue hasn't really kicked in yet i wasn't feeling tired we're into training um so that was grand like i normally just try and tick off like three sessions minimum per week that's always been my kind of like baseline that i like to try and hit session structure looks generally like kind of upper days and lower days i don't normally combine too many things together within that and intensity wise i try and as we again recommend to clients i try and push things to like two or three reps in reserve or that kind of like seven or eight out of ten scale is how i normally structure my sessions have we finish our bits in there sometimes again depending on my energy but kind of luckily in the last kind of i'd say four three to four weeks training has taken such a dive where i've uh, last week for example was when I was on my small group week I trained once and I had a longer run at the weekend fair enough but like I think these are just realistic things to chat about where again we are human and like getting one week sorry one session in a week obviously isn't optimal but considering the kind of diet fatigue build up and where I was kind of sitting kind of fatigue wise like it would probably not be beneficial whatsoever to push myself to do that and you know get in the next session just because so yeah it kind of it did tail off a lot but it was something again that I found really nice to kind of periodize together where I felt good after training. So obviously my nutrition was therefore good as well. Where I didn't feel like I was just going to get whatever was in the cupboard and like, you know, get takeaways and stuff. Cause I was like, actually, you know what, you know, I've got a plan, like I'm ready to stick to it. Not saying that I didn't have those kind of organizing weekends and whatnot, but yeah, I would have that plan and ready to help nutrition. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to go back to your question, um, started off quite strongly with kind of my three to four sessions per week and then kind of tailed down a bit where I'd have my chat with myself to be like right where can I like change that is it making the sessions shorter is it reducing my step count because obviously again as I said that's something that plays a big factor um or is it just the case of I'm using the kind of not diet as an excuse but like am I actually tired mm-hmm. or this is am I mentally being like oh you're dieting like yeah, yeah you should be tired so, 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 it's, so it's tough yeah. This. yeah 100% I think it's just good to chat about as well because it's you know for me like my, my training started I mean it's been slightly different in that I, I think for me like we both have um, Murdo's got this half marathon coming up and I've got a cycle coming up but yeah. for me I knew the cycle was there maybe farther ahead than you do or certainly yeah, sure. cer- certainly started <laughs> training for it farther ahead so I, I kind of came into this year with the goal of training three times a week and being realistic like in the first few weeks of the year I knew that I mean especially in January and February the conditions are not too nice um, for cycling that I knew that I, you know realistically that getting three gym sessions in would be probably pretty easy because my cycles aren't going to be super long I'm probably going to get out twice maybe three times a week and that was the expectation but I also knew that would scale as the weather started to get a bit milder and I get fitter obviously on the bike I'm going to be able to work for longer I'm going to need to go out for longer 
you know, and last week wasn't a brilliant week, and this that was week twelve for me. It wasn't a brilliant week of training, but week eleven I did seven and a half hours on the bike plus a hilly session, which I don't know how long that was, um, of like sort of quite an intense session. So you know, I I did two gym sessions that week, a seven and a half hours on the bike plus probably another hour on the bike. But yeah. was, you know, like the the hour of hill work was some pretty hard graft. It was a really intense session. So. Um, I've stuck between three and two consistently. I think that I have averaged about eight weeks, probably is about three a week. And then I think I've probably had four weeks where I've done two a week. Yeah. I've never dropped as low as one in any given week. I've managed to always squeeze two in, but I've definitely done a couple of weeks where, um, whether I did three or two, that one of the sessions was just quite an easy session where I'd just be going in and doing upper body work. Now, in terms of context for me, I do full body sessions, not upper lower like Murdo does. Um, because that made more sense for me and my current goals because I was always going to be like even four sessions a week is a big reach if you're on the bike two yeah. three times a week it's a lot of training not not necessarily in terms of um, duration because you can sometimes doing four sessions might mean you do four half hour slots but I just had to juggle like well I need to travel not that it's far because it's only a 10 minute walk for me into the gym to then train to then jump on the bike and change gear and blah blah, blah. so it was easier for me to do three full body sessions and then have days where I could just set off on the bike and be out for half the afternoon yeah so I think it just shows you as well like Murdo was saying is like and, I, and I've seen it in Murdo as well like it's fair to say like towards the end like looking a bit more tired yeah, for finding sure. training a little <laughs> bit more difficult so that's the next thing we're going to touch on and he's touched on it in brief in terms of the training side of it and saying that like look like in the, in the end week because we work one week on one week off for a small group it means that one week we're doing 25 hours of coaching more than the next where we do more like probably 25 hours more admin which obviously means it's a little bit physically less demanding so sure. in terms of your energy levels um, so through like what was weeks one to four let's say we were to split it into three lumps of yeah. one to four yeah. and then obviously um, five through to nine and so on and so forth where did you sit? First one to four was like I'd give it like 10 out of 10 like felt completely normal completely fine like yes on a small group week so a wee bit more tired but like if we're looking at like a training energy like perspective and like a walking in perspective like that absolutely stayed completely excuse me stayed the absolute same weeks one to four moving into the like the second block I would say that's where it started to take quite a considerable dip my, my energy levels I then had to have that kind of chat to myself to be like right I'm going to squeeze calories up a wee touch and I think it's something that again is good for people to get used to doing when you're in a fat loss phase it, it feels like almost counterproductive to up your calories when you're trying to lose weight but mm -hmm. you know it's so important to do that because it meant that then my training still kept the same I still keeping my steps up fair enough it might not be then as big as a deficit but still mm -hmm. was losing weight and you know so what you're yeah. what you're opting for there and I think this is a good thing to touch on in a bit more detail is like murder we know we've discussed already you know a little bit about he was obviously looking to train three times a week you were doing a bit of running a couple of times a week yeah. as well not massive amounts but three to five k he said that would be like my kind of just very light runs but yeah nothing more than five yeah games. so so let's say he's got two three to five k runs in um and then he's also got his three gym sessions in and he's obviously walking like 20k so really active right and what he said there is obviously he sat at his initial calories at 2200 but then was starting to find the energy levels were really dropping down and it was getting harder to adhere to in essence because he was just tired and obviously there's like like everyone else like there's an element of being tired is fine but you don't want to be so wiped out that you are bad at your job like we we have yeah. to the nature of coaching right is you have to be high energy we can't be just like 
you know, if, you, if you're really at the tail end of a diet and you're in an office and you can kind of just get away with like, or you're working from home, you can probably get away with being slumped over your desk and just, just getting what you need done, done, right? And, and that's not something like when you're in coaching a client, obviously probably doesn't look good if Murdo and I are having a nap 20 minutes through a session. So you want, to, you want to manage your energy levels so you avoid that as much yeah. as possible. Now, it's not always possible to avoid any fatigue. There are days you are going to be tired. That 100%. is part and parcel of this right especially as you're seeing later on but that's really important is that if murder's maintenance calories are probably what 3200 something like that yeah. maybe 3200 3000 um on a normal basis let's say when he's just trying to maintain his weight like if you're sitting at 2200 you've maybe got a calorie deficit of between a thousand to 1200 a day it's a big big deficit yeah which is great for a couple of weeks, right? Because it, it wipes out a whole bunch of like fat loss. Your weight plummets really quickly. You feel good about that. But the problem with that, as Murdo was saying there, is the sustainability of that, even for six, eight weeks, is Not really impossible. low. <laughs> it's, it's so hard to stick at that because you get really hungry and you get really tired. I think on that as well, so I can drop it on that too. Like I, when I say my starting target was like 2-2, two, two, I would have days where I was lower and I, I was just quite happy being like, cool, like I can just, you know, kind of hold yeah. on a wee bit and go a bit lower. So yeah, I think that was a nice part where Cameron said there was good to get that initial ball rolling, but moving into future weeks, like I had to have that chat to be like, and I had so much wiggle room to bring it up. Cause as you say, this is the joy of having quite a large deficit to start off your phase is that when you do heat, heat, I can't speak today. When you do hit that wall, sorry, you have that kind of leniency to be like, okay, I've got like, you know, yeah. a thousand calories I can, I can bump this up and, and the thing is when you're on 2200 calories the difference between 2200 and 2500 is quite big yeah that's like an extra snack you know a larger meal you know it's, a, it's a an extra big, big serving of protein or like you know if you're having like some extra fruit you can I mean, you can get like some like protein yogurt some apples and banana in there or something like that or you can have a bunch more fruit or you can have a snack or you can have another meal that like if you you're having a reasonable dinner and you bolt another 300 calories on it you can go from a reasonable dinner to a big dinner yeah, right for sure so i think this is the context of this as well it's like look you can that that's kind of what you're talking about there is bumping it up and this is one of the reasons where like sometimes doing the whole low as you can go approach is good and bad murders kind of talked about like dropping down to 2200 for a little while working from really well but going lower than that probably would have been bad oh, because horrible. it would have been so difficult to adhere to that you would have actually ended up getting less results because you wouldn't have stuck to it and secondly the other side of it is bringing it up just allowed it to sustain so we've kind of talked about yeah. weeks one to four You've got past that phase now. You've had to take your calories up a touch. Where did you take them up to? So I would have snuck them up to probably about two, four, two, five. Again, I quite like using that kind of range where I wouldn't want to like stick myself that like hard goal of like 2,400 or else like all goes wrong. So I think having two, four to two, five helps you. Some days have two, three, some days have two, seven, but averagely, mm -hmm. averagely, averaging out weekly, I try and have that at my next like upage um, in calories. Yeah, absolutely. So. Talk about um, your experience. So you've obviously gone through this harder phase. You've started to get a little bit of fatigue setting in. But talk about that kind of like second month of dieting. What did it feel like? It felt tougher, 100%. And there were days where I like, I noticeably, like I always just kind of like feel it in my body a bit more. Like I feel a bit stiff, like I'm 65 year old knees anyway. But like I felt somebody's getting out of bed just a bit more like tougher to stretch off, a wee bit tougher to walk in, where it's finding a bit more difficult to breathe. And again, as you see with like session energy, I was finding a few sessions where I was like, oh, I'm going to double espresso, not a single espresso sort of day, where I was like, yeah. I needed that wee kick. 
So definitely, yeah, tougher, I'd say, is the kind of Just for a bit of context, what Murdo said, finding it a bit more difficult to breathe, what he means by that is more prone to getting out of breath, yeah. not not more prone to being unable to breathe full yes. stop. Like you might be like, what on earth? This is not a diet. But this is something I experienced too, and I'll touch on my experience soon as well, but yeah. that, that's something I felt as well. Like when I have less so in this diet than others, but when I've gone really quite low calories, because I didn't diet on as low calories this time around, when I've gone really low calories before and I've talked to Murdo about this, I remember at the end of when I lost that sort of 20 kilos and I'd lost a lot of weight and I was on quite low calories by the end of it. You know, I was in the, the sort of lower, um, sort of like 16, 1700 calories, which is very low for mm. me. Like I remember walking up a hill and being like, just really knackered. Just everything was just so hard that it led me to be out of breath. That's what he means by that yeah, as well. Not, <laughs> not, not <laughs> like, not like you're waking standpoint. up and he's like, oh, I can't breathe like, <laughs> yeah. because I haven't had any food today. Just for a bit of context. But I think that's just again, like a good like kind of point to round off on mine is like during those weeks like there were definitely spells that were way way tougher than others and if I didn't have that kind of plan in place which I knew in my head where I started off quite more you know aggressive quite difficult it was going to catch up with me a wee touch I need to and I need to knew like when to hit that button to bring calories up a wee bit and then kind of in the last wee block here like it's just been kind of not holding on to the finish line but I know calories are brought up now I know my activity level is still the same and I know that if I just keep up my training and my sessions like I can kind of just either maintain my weight loss which is an, a massive achievement where again rolling back to the first weeks one to four I've had a big drop off in fat if I maintain that for the remaining weeks like winner Quite winner happy. like goals been hit so yeah that kind of rounds like rounds off my kind of I suppose like weeks one to twelve just to kind of I'm wary of the time in this episode again just to kind of run through and flip reverse it onto yourself Cameron like what was your again like weeks one to four like where did you start just kind of bringing it back into you because as we said at the start of the episode like we'll both have different things that hopefully people can relate to different struggles different setups different methods of how we went on this one to kind of 12 week yeah. phase. So, I mean, I think a lot of it for me, like, I, I think in terms of my nutrition, like, uh, touch kind of the same way we did, as like Murdo's uh, approach, I touched on the same thing. So, structure-wise, I tried to get back into the habit of being really consistent with a weekly shop. So, generally on a Sunday is when I would do that as much as possible. Occasionally it was Monday, yeah. um, but I tried to get it done on a Sunday, so that was done for the week, especially if I was on a coaching week. Monday's like a really full day. I might have eight, nine hours of sessions, and that does not leave you a lot of wiggle room to faff about um, and go shopping or anything like that. Um, in terms of food preparation, I'm not a big meal prepper. I never have been really. Um, I'd do a little bit, I'd maybe make a soup, and then I would certainly plan out meals, but a lot of the meals I'd have, because I'm home during the day, I can kind of like afford to cook basic stuff quickly. Yeah, yeah. Like not, not loads of super complicated stuff, but if I want to make some like, like I don't know, like as you say, like chicken and pesto wraps, which has become like a default thing for me, um, like th those kind of things, I could easily do that. So um, that, that kind of thing. So I would, I would plan ahead for my meals. My breakfasts are pretty much the same thing. as like same shit, different day. Like I think this is something I want to touch on as well as, the importance or certainly not maybe not the importance but the value of being a little bit boring with your nutrition sometimes like there's Thanks, something to be said for like your breakfast do they need to be different and interesting varied all the time probably not like i absolutely am an advocate from a general health point of view of having a varied diet etc etc but sometimes when you look at client foods a food diary or you, you've got someone like, oh, I say client food diary, but I really mean when someone's brand new comes to us, it just is so chaotic. And one of the things that I'll often say to people is like, structure can help with a lot of the stress you feel around dieting or nutrition, right? Is 
if I know that basically I'm going to have a rotation of some sort of protein yogurt and porridge or a protein shake and porridge or I'm going to have like at the weekends basically the only breakfast I really have are going to be like skier some sort of porridge or I'm going to have a protein shake and porridge or at the weekends I might have pancakes one of the days yeah. that that's really all I had like it wasn't I'm not saying it was completely limited to that I think at one point I like I made breakfast rolls one morning but really like that was it like yeah. it was quite simple and that's one of the things I talk about is like I'll have two three four lunches in a week that are quite similar if not the same um, or very similar at least that I'm quite a creature of habit and quite repetitive yeah. in nature and I see see value in that. I don't. I'm not necessarily saying you, you need to do that exactly, but what I will say is like you don't need to like have ten different breakfasts so like across like a fat yeah, loss so phase. True. It might be better for you to keep things simple, lower calorie, higher protein, and that would be the thing for me is like in the mornings I wanted to make sure that I had a good amount of protein, a good amount of carbohydrates without my calories being crazy high. Yeah. So I try and keep breakfast, you know, five, 600 calories, which means I can get a fair amount of skier in and a good amount of like, maybe like 60 grams of oats and some oat milk. And like, I can just about squeeze that into about 650 calories. So that that's kind of how I would start most days, pretty repetitive. I do my weekly shop and I had this sort of structure that I'd be having three meals a day. That's pretty normal. A little while for a week or so during the phase, I actually really kind of dropped to like, two meals where I had two bigger meals and a bit more fruit and I, like I, I maybe had like breakfast was a snack I could have a smaller portion of skier and an apple and then you had sort of two bigger meals um, that worked for me for a week where I was going a bit more aggressively at it um, but so that gives you a bit of an overview and kind of the main pro protein sources in much the same vein Murdo said is like I had like my skier was like a big thing or Kavar because we talk about it protein yogurt that was great for my breakfast for my lunches it's very often going to be like chicken or if I made like a uh, low fat mince pasta bake something yeah. like that as well um, I had omelettes a few days as well I could have an omelette with like mozzarella like I always try and when I'm dieting swap like cheddar out for mozzarella because it's higher protein lower calorie content those kind of things and then I'd just have bits of fruit through the day and then I'd have a fairly normal dinner, to be honest. Yeah. Like meat and veg of some sort was the, the but, most common thing. And then I had soup as well to get my veg intake up. I'd make a soup pretty much every week, actually, um, probably for about seven or eight weeks of the diet as well until the weather got slightly milder and I don't feel as soupy a mood. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's something that's quite a, you know important point to, again, just reiterate is like majority of your meals of what you're saying they're kind of prepped within like 10 to 15 minutes max and that's it sorted that can be oh yeah such a difference in our styles where i'm a bit more like i would say i'm a chef but like i quite enjoy cooking a lot more than you i think oh, that's no. fair to yeah, say yeah yeah i mean i and, like cooking for someone on occasion and like i'll cook a nice meal for me and my girlfriend but i'd be quite open about that that like i've always said that you're better at prepping food than yeah, i am where, murder does is more organized you'll come in with something in tupperware 10 times more than yeah. I ever will and I think as well like it's, it's okay to just understand that where I really like my food so some nights I would just like buy stuff on my way back and cook it there you know cook it for my dinner I wouldn't have it prepped but it would still be again like the kind of key points I went over in my part and um, just kind of flipping back you said when you first started you're kind of weeks one to four you sat your calories whereabouts on that yeah, kind of so scale of deficit life it's, it's been a bit um a bit more varied for me like my, my calories have upped and downed a little bit because there's been a bigger variable which is the amount of time i spent on the bike so um week one was complete write-off so i really dieted for 11 weeks um in, in reality because that week one i didn't really get off the ground yeah. did two days where i stuck to 23 2400 calories which was a goal at that point and i just find it very hard with covid to really adhere i wasn't super motivated probably as well what what that was in part was i just come out of christmas time i'd just been a little bit ill 
and hadn't been able to eat a lot of food over that Christmas period anyway. Like I genuinely could not eat much. Like at Christmas dinner, I barely ate anything. Um, I know, tragic, it was terrible. Um, I've just about recovered from that <laughs> upset and trauma. By New Year's, I was fine, but like I certainly, so I think I was just still off the tail end of maybe getting back to feeling like normal. So I don't know if I was maybe a little bit less motivated because I'd almost not had like much of, uh, much enjoyment out of my food yeah, okay. for the previous two weeks. But certainly from there on, I kind of like, I think weeks, sort of the first few weeks, I was thinking maybe 23, 2400, um, which is what I kind of aimed for. I was pretty steady on that for the first couple of weeks. Um, then I think into after the first four weeks, I started to find that, you know, I was bringing, I was trying to stick at that, but st- struggling a little bit more because I was finding that I was getting quite hungry because my cycling had stepped up a little bit. So I brought my calories up to about two and a half. Because your calories bench obviously increased from that a lot. Yeah, exactly. Therefore. Because it ramped up quite quickly. I mean, we're talking about like my cycles, like in, in January, like I probably got on the bike, I don't know, maybe seven, eight times, which is not awful because bearing in mind the weather is garbage <laughs> and like you're not you're not going to be out cycling for it. I think the longest cycle in, in January probably was top end, like an hour and 40 minutes. Like it wasn't, it wasn't super short by any means, but it wasn't super long. Whereas like my longest cycle in February, I think was probably closer to two and a half, two hours 40. Yeah. And then by the time you're getting to where I am now, like my longest cycle this year has been four hours. So like you're sort of obviously seeing quite big jumps and, Obviously not every cycle I was doing that, but what was happening is weeks one and four, maybe eight cycles, and then from there weeks five to nine, you're probably talking more like 12, like three a week. One week I did four, I think, through sort of like kind of February into March. So I was definitely getting up. So I kind of went up a little bit to about 2,500. Calorie, uh, sorry, and protein target was much the same, like 150, yeah, yeah. Uh, 150 grams, which is about like two times my body weight. I'm a little bit little bit lighter than Murdo. So like he was maybe even 150, 160. I was just a touch lower than that. Yeah. But actually, because I was a little bit lighter, like it was probably about two grams per kilogram of body weight was roughly the goal. I would say on average, though, I sat slightly below that. I don't think I've always done a brilliant job this diet of, like of being protein. I would say that I probably sat at 1.8, 1.7 grams per kilogram. So a little bit lower than that two gram, which I'd like to sit at. So um, that was kind of those, those weeks. And then, yeah, and then as I've gotten into the last four weeks, my calories have come up a little bit farther again. And I sat at about 26 to 2700. But bearing in mind that I'm still hitting the gym three times a week. And, you know, one of those weeks I was doing seven and a half hours on the bike. So um, plus a hilly session, plus yeah. three gym sessions, plus coaching, like it's quite active. So that's kind of where my calories have sat throughout. In terms of weight loss as well, it's been quite interesting. Weeks one to four were slow but steady. Um, I dropped, I think, about just a shy of two kilos in the first four weeks of dieting. And then after like that, half a pound, yeah, yeah, exactly. Week, yeah. And then I was kind of like probably about two and a half to three kilos in uh, the sort of middle phase. And my, my experience was a little bit different from Murdo's. I found weeks one to four that I'd not quite hit my rhythm with dieting quite as consistently. So I didn't see, feel quite as much fatigue actually. And I think because I hadn't been cycling as much, I wasn't, there wasn't the same sort of exercise demand on my body, right? I wasn't particularly tired from training because... The training in the gym was going really well. I was training quite hard, but that was kind of it. Yeah. Whereas by the time it got to weeks four, you know, onwards, I was cycling a lot more, and that was getting hard. And also, I was finding it a little bit harder because you know you you're also motivating yourself to um, cycle in some pretty crappy conditions, like lots of very windy weather. I don't know if that was a phase where we had all those storms, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. So you were in between storms, but there was often quite big gusts of wind, like, and it was just cold and a little bit miserable. Um, so. 
that was quite an interesting kind of like phase where that was actually about that second month was really where I hit my rhythm with nutrition. It was much, much better. I was cycling more and although my calories had gone up a touch, I was much more consistent on average and that let my weight come down a bit more, maybe two and a half, three kilos. And in this last four weeks have been a little bit slower, maybe back down to about one and a half. So it's been a little bit slower and much like murder, the last four weeks I've started to find myself slowing down. And I think it's interesting for me because the phase that I felt most tired in and most fatigued was absolutely the phase where I was losing the most weight. It's interesting, isn't it? Where we're quite like opposite to that, where like, you know, my first weeks one to four were very kind of motivated and high. I was again, I was losing a lot of body fat from that, but to kind of relate it back to you, like you were a wee bit different in that sense. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, my experience was quite different in that, like, I found weeks one to four, like, slow and steady quite easy, but maybe it wasn't 100% consistent with nutrition, but certainly getting there. And that contrition, um, sorry, that consistency built and built and built. And then by the time I was in that second month, like I was dropping weight really fast, but I would literally notice quite often, I've said this before to you, there's no observation for me, two things happen. When I see like, if I see like the biggest drop in weight that I've seen in a, like a, let's say in a week, you know, where you, you step on the scales and most days you drop in a little bit, but not too much. And then I'll have a bigger drop, especially after a longer cycle. Yeah. The next day, I would often feel a lot more tired when I saw those drops on the scales. Um, and a lot more fatigue um, and I'd find it harder to stick to my calories those days when my weight dropped a little bit which is quite interesting the other thing I would say is like and this is just something I want to talk about because there are other things in this one of the things I felt in that middle month but not so much in the month after was I felt quite lightheaded at times yeah, and I'm that's, saying that. yeah, that's something yeah. I get and I've had before my, the time I lost a lot a lot of weight when I was losing sort of 20 kilos I suffered from that quite badly in the latter two or three weeks, just lightheadedness. And I'm not talking about absolutely terrible. However, I will say that really big fat loss phase I did way back when, I found that like I would stand up in a client session and I would really, like my, my vision yeah. would swim laterally. And that was sort of like when I was really hard into it. But I've been dieting for six months. Now, this time around, I didn't experience that like anywhere near as badly but i did experience a little bit of yeah. pretty gentle lightheadedness where i'd stand up and i'd be a little bit of lightheadedness like it was nothing severe i'm not going to keel over or anything like that and it wasn't i wasn't worried about <laughs> falling over and bash my head or anything which obviously like joking aside you have to you have to be aware that like if you diet hard for a very extended period of time and your body weight is quite light, yeah. these things can start to happen. Yeah, 100%. So I think that's something that I should mention as well. Is like when my, and I really noticed it when my calories were down a bit. And as I just brought them up that little bit higher to 25, 2600, that's dissipated. I've not felt that in the last four weeks, but I did feel that that phase where I lost that sort of like 0.75 kilos a week, basically, yeah. which is relatively fast fat loss. I was feeling a little bit more tired for sure definitely a little bit more hungry but to be honest if you were to ask me like oh how hungry have you been in the last 12 weeks i'd say that's never yeah, been a huge factor yeah. i was more likely to not adhere to my diet because i was tired like i was really fatigued or i maybe not slept so well than i was from just sort of hunger in the traditional sense of like my tummy's rumbling and it feels like you know there's nothing yeah, yeah, in yeah, there yeah. like i was much more to be and um, to struggle with it because of that so i think that's been quite an interesting thing as well for me like because this time round compared to the previous diet i've dieted on higher calories because i've been more active yeah which is something that's always worth having a look at is what ways can you be re reasonably active as possible so you don't have to diet on super yeah, low calories we're not talking about going on to like the stepper for 400 calories yeah uh, just to make sure that's a different conversation but what you're meaning like is like get out for a walk every day yes, yeah, yeah, like yeah. get your gym sessions and obviously 
but then also can you walk a bit can you walk back and forth from the gym like and especially if you're coming into summer months and it's really nice like walking becomes a lot more viable right yeah. like i'm pragmatic i say this to clients all the time clients are like oh my steps are down in january and it's like okay let's let's move the the uh, bar here to make sure that we're not expecting you to go out in minus one it's icy and it's pissing with Same rain with your cycling like you had that expectation on the first week one to four of trying to get your cycling in but you knew that it wasn't going to be viable with how crap the weather was and that was negatively then impacting your nutrition and your motivation to it so i think yeah having that kind of self-talk to be like if january was yeah being, scotland, being like, realistic with expectations is a big part of weight loss and just training generally so i think that's something that i want to touch on but i just wanted to touch on the lightheadedness thing because that's something in experience and i think that for me like something is not talked about with dieting is the side effects of you like it's all this sort of like almost this you just need to grind and push through it and blah 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 and all that's fine but also you want to do it in a way that's sensible because look me and murder could have both dropped our calories to 1500 and we could have probably lost loads and loads of weight really quickly in two three four weeks but all those things like lightheadedness for example would have come in super fast yeah Yeah. you feel terrible and if i was like really struggling and getting quickly out of breath that's a key indicator to me to be like the phone yeah, <laughs> maybe i need to like I, i'm not looking after my overall health here and like yes fat loss can be beneficial to have health absolutely and it can be quite important at times especially if you're doing it for health reasons but it's just that thing of context and being a little bit patient with it and accepting that it takes time and that's probably the thing that like you may be getting from this is like murder obviously had a intenser phase and then a more intense phase and uh, intenser jesus more intense phase and then yeah no monday <laughs> words for you a second month that was like middle ground and a third month that was a bit more chill i went the other way the first month took me a while to settle second month was pretty on top of it third month a little bit less yes. but we've kind of ended up pretty much in the same sort of position and we sit a similar body weight so you know our results are somewhat similar given our body weights um, but I think that's a really good example of like kind of like the different experiences of actual dieting Absolutely. and also some of the things that go on. But as I say, like, um, and that's something I want to touch on. What would you, did you find that it was, would you say for you, hunger or fatigue were more or like tiredness were more of an issue? Or maybe there were at different points. That's a really good question. I would say, likewise to you, there was never days, I think we're very lucky again within our jobs, especially when I was on my week, a small group, where hunger was never an issue because my brain was always distracted with sessions yeah, and being busy. like, right, I've got sessions six till 10, I've got a nice week after at home for lunch, which I've got organized and made. So I'm not saying I was like looking forward to that where I was like sprinting home to eat it, but I would definitely say like fatigue was hitting more than hunger ever was, where as I said, like walking in was a bit more of a struggle my sleep, I had to be really careful on sleep, which could be again another episode. But if I wasn't, if I went to bed late for whatever reason some night, that would really negatively impact yeah, you're me. More kind wiped of, out the next day. So yeah. again, we're, we're yeah. fortunate in the fact that we get up early, so that's not too much an issue. I'm a bit of a granddad when I'm in bed at like half nine, ten o'clock. And that's just what I had to do to make sure I was recovering effectively and not letting that fatigue catch up. But then I was like, not missing sessions, sorry, missing sessions, not getting my nutrition hit that all kind of sprawls out of control quite quickly when you're not kind of, you know, tweaking these yeah. things. So yeah, I, I would say fatigue 100% more so than actual hunger. Like I can never remember days 
where my tummy was grumbling at me fair enough it might have been a few but you know having like kind of water or just having him on certain things kind of tied that over a wee snacks with our, our protein yeah, little, yogurts a little bit of caffeine and things really help. really easy yeah. and, that, and I know that's sort of like something that almost like frowned upon you know you should feel like but energetic blah 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 but that's the reality of dieting as well is like we would not like on a coaching day like when I'm up early like I will have a monster but I tried not yeah. to on a non-coaching day because I didn't feel like I needed it but if I was up that bit earlier for my coaching days like I would have a bit of caffeine to take the edge off something I like that Murdo mentioned there that I think is worth talking about is a sleep thing is I found this too is I was sleeping better interestingly as I was dieting now that, that there's obviously potentially other factors like uh, correlation and causation of different and I was training more and like if you've been for a four-hour cycle and potentially sometimes I've trained in the gym before that and I'm coaching sessions so I've hit 12,000 steps on four hours and bike. yeah like sometimes I sleep pretty damn well because of that and I'm not necessarily the world's best sleeper but the point is is that he was looking after his sleep because realizing that you are going to have a little bit more fatigue and that you maybe can't burn the candles at both ends because we typically think of that as getting up early or going to bed late, right? You don't want to burn the candles at both ends. But the other side of this is, what about when you're tired because you're dieting, you're still trying to be you're extra active, you're dieting so you've got less available energy and then you're also basically pissing about with your sleep as well. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're really burning that candle from three different sides and that becomes problematic. Whereas if you say, right, well, do you know what? For this little bit of phase, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be able to push myself to be more active, but I'm gonna accept that my mood might drop a little bit, and that if I don't look after my sleep, it's probably gonna have quite a big impact. Yeah. And that's probably one of the final things I want to touch on as well. Is like, how would you say your mood's been through the last twelve weeks? Has it had much of an impact? It's something that I am always like very cautious over. I think especially because of the like what we do. Like we have to have our energy up. Like we can't come in. Well, we're pretty shit if we did. We could, right, right, guys. Yeah. Six, six squats today. Oh, just do what you like. Just do what you fancy. Uh, don't worry about the assault bike. You'll never get off the assault no. bike. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's something that is very important again to touch upon. And a good final point is that if your diet is so aggressive that it's like, I mean, like proper affecting your mood, where you're snapping with your like partner, your partners, you're snapping with your children, whatever, way more frequently. That's again for me like a big red flag to be like, hold the phone. Like, yeah, hundred percent. And and again, this is as I kind of chatted about in the part one, where the weekends when I go and see Ellie who's in Carlisle, like we would have a bit more of a chill like time of nutrition, and I, and I could get my mood back up, and that was fine. And that was kind of not purposely done, but it was kind of managed in Gives that way. Gives you a mental reprieve. Where I wasn't going down to Ellie's with my Tupperware and my rice cakes and my tin of tuna to be like, can't wait for a nice <laughs> weekend, babe. You know. Um, but yeah, I think mood-wise, I've been very, very cautious of that where Peter and my flatmate might disagree slightly where there might have been days where I've conked out on the couch or just kind of had a wee bit more quiet night if we were spending time together. But that kind of, again, correlates to like me looking after my sleep, me making sure I'm getting time outside where I can go for mm -hmm. like walks with a podcast and kind of, you know, de-stress from that a bit. But I think it's something that's very common where, let's be honest, like I think PTs are really guilty of just going for like a really harsh deficit because they want to look good but they're not looking after the like, mental the other health parts of their life in, well. in a would job you say that similar yeah. to you with your mood like would you say that's something that changed you felt like had a difference weeks like one yeah 100 like, and so on I, I felt like in general it's weird for me sometimes i i've I felt this before as well when i'm dieting where i felt like weeks one to four especially into two to well it's set sort of second month the second month not two the second month I felt like I was a little bit more focused. I was enjoying the progress I was making. I was quite motivated. My mood was quite high. I do have a couple of days where I did 
like uh, in my head that I can think of that I had days where I was pretty knackered. Like I'd get to the last session of a day that I was coaching and I'd be like, yeah. I mean, I'm tired. Like I've got a 10 minute walk back and I'm not, not dreading the walk back, but you know when you're like, oh, it seems like a chore. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, it's like 10 minutes across the meadows. It's really not that hard, you know? After you've showed over the Zumba class for an hour, it's probably... Yeah, quite... yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly that. So, like, there's an element of that that's definitely sneaked in, like, laterally. But I would say, generally, it's been okay. I would say there's been a couple of days where I've noticed that my mood's a little bit lower um, in probably weeks one to eight. Not many. Um, there are definitely days I noticed I was tired, but I wasn't necessarily... I could be tired and very positive and feel good. Whereas I would say that in the last week, like just the week previous to this, that was the first week where I had a really intense training week the week previous to that and I struggled last week a little bit. My mood was not low as much as it was flat. Yeah. Like I just felt a little bit flat and it was a non-coaching week and sometimes I think the lack of structure and interaction can almost impact that I, I, a little that's bit. That's a really good point, yeah. But I would yeah. say, definitely say that that was the first week where I could say, and that was week 12 really all, for all intents and purposes, where I was starting to feel a little bit more like... Yeah. like just wasn't super motivated not as ex excited for work related stuff and like Murdo and I you can probably tell are super passionate about what we do but it's also we don't want to be like this sort of like um, rosy glass uh, filter where it's like uh, you know like everything's perfect all the way uh, like or rose tinted I should say like it's perfect yeah, all the yeah, time yeah, like yeah. Like it's it, you know we still work as well. We have tasks that like not every administrative task I do, Murdo and I are going to be pumped about. But I, I definitely felt like last week was the first week where I wasn't so excited for my cycling. And I, I always quite enjoyed my gym sessions, the two I did. But I definitely found that my mood was a little lower. What would have been your just kind of last point on this episode? What was your kind of like quick fix to make sure you didn't like derail your progress from that and just you know say effort and kind of yeah. Let that take so over, if that makes sense? I'd walk into the gym and I would know obviously because I know that I was murder coaches and I'd just come in and kick him in the shins. <laughs> so I'd kick him in both shins and then throw something at him, usually like a two kilo dumbbell, just not to injure him too badly. And then I just storm out saying I've had enough of this shit. <laughs> um, but you know, like joking aside, you just have to sort of catch yourself. For me, like, I suppose part of our jobs is when we are talk talking to clients, we're not mental health professionals, that's not our job, but we obviously have conversations about motivation and just like looking after yourself, etc. So I try and do that stuff. So you kind of pick the same point you'd... Yeah, I would sort of toe the line where I'd be like, look, sat like one or two of the days last week, I mean, I, I, it was also a bit of a funny week because I had a funeral as well, so as you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it was one of those weeks where like realistically, I was knocked out my routine because I was seeing my girlfriend the weekend instead of coming back on Sunday night where I'd normally settle in for Monday, I was back home, I had a funeral, which is obviously unsurprisingly not the most motivating and, and cheery of experiences so you've got that impacting it and then I had to do a lot of driving to get back from that funeral yeah. so I, all that fatigue and that kind of lower mood set in and I just said to myself well, I'm gonna like write down what I must get done for work and I got that done and, and then I just took it a bit easier I watched a little bit more TV and yeah, I read I've, I've read a lot more in the last week than I've read at all and that's helped and now this week my calories are back up yeah. because the sort of photo shoot thing or, or like filming set we're going to do is, is tomorrow now um, that that's all out of the way but that's what I'd say is you sometimes have to catch yourself and it's trying to just veer away from the fuck it mentality yeah. is really important 
But you've also got to understand that the fuck it mentality comes from sometimes your head not being in the best space. Like, I could have just been like, I'm just going to push through and push harder, blah, blah, blah. I guarantee that would have not been the end result was more success. The end result of that would be me burnt out, pissed off and just fed up. What I needed to do was take my, uh, put my foot on the brake a little bit. So I think one last point and then we'll probably close off the episode there. I think it's a really important thing to bring up that we had each other to kind of chat to a lot, but we don't. Well, you've got a coach kind of again lastly to the kind of block, but we didn't have that kind of coach to bounce off with a weekly check in all the time. Well, I certainly didn't. Yeah, so well, I, I've had a coach throughout this, so I should keep that as well. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, um, but yeah, I think it's having like someone to chat to in your corner cannot be overemphasized enough for that kind of like mood drop off for that kind of accountability. Yeah. Where if you and your partner are, are kind of on the same wavelengths with goals that can be super helpful. I'm not saying that's again the be all and end all, but just my, my final point there was just having someone to chat to can be a, a very useful like fix for majority of things diet life and a very useful one to kind of chat through, especially because me and Cameron were going through the exact same, you know, fat loss process. Process. Same, I mean, we had the same end point, so it helps. We have the same job, we've got the same, yeah, it's so, very yeah. good. Well, so I think there. that's something worth mentioning as well, is like actually being able to have a conversation about this and that can allow you to be more rational as well. And sometimes it's nice to have a whinge a little bit as well. And that's something that, you know, is okay to say is like, like I, I'm not someone to try and like be overly negative because I don't think it's helpful, but sometimes it is a bit like, feel a bit knackered today. Like, like, and that can sometimes, having someone to bounce off you can be useful, which is part of the advantage of having a coach. Anyway, guys, we're going to round yeah. that episode up there and, and we will speak to you next week.